Hashem tells Moshe that he can't hit the water to start the Makkah of Dam because the water had saved him when he was a baby. So too Moshe wasn't able to strike the dirt by Kenan because the ground had saved him when he killed the Mitzri and had covered the evidence. But why did these Makkos have to begin this way, thereby making Moshe not be able to be the one to start them? I am Sholi Karsh, and this is Karsh on the Parsha. Um, so we have, in the beginning of the Parsha, we have the Arba Lashonos of Gula, the four Lashonos of Redemption. And so when you read the Pesukim, Hashem says, Lachain, therefore, tell, tell B'nai Yisrael, Hashem is speaking to Moshe, and he says, tell B'nai Yisrael, I'm going to vote Seisi, I'm going to take them out. Vitzalti, I'm going to save them. Vigaalti, I'm going to redeem them. Vilakachti, and then I'm going to take them in. I'm going to give them the Torah. So those are the Arba Lashonos. What's interesting is that there's um, seemingly a fifth Lashon. There's a fifth thing that Hashem describes that he's going to do. The Hevesi, exactly. The Hevesi is kind of like, all right, so then I'm going to bring you into Eretz Yisrael. So the question is, why isn't the Hevesi a part of the list? Why don't we have... Why don't we drink five cups of wine? So uh, the simple, obvious answer is that you get absolutely trashed if you had five cups. So maybe, no, but um, why don't we have a fifth cup? Yeah, what do you mean? Why? Out of the slavery, getting out of the Sheba, that's part of bringing you somewhere else. Right. Okay, nice. Amazing. Okay. Yes. Okay. So that's exactly the kivun I'm going in. So, um, the, right, these are the Arba Lashonos of Geula, meaning there's, there's, there's two goals, really. One goal, like you were saying, is to get us out and completely redeem us and give us the Torah and forge that relationship with the Kodesh Baruch Hu. And then the best way to develop that relationship and to continue and maintain that relationship with Hashem and really grow is doing that in His home, in His house, in Eretz Yisrael. But what's very important to understand is that it's not an essential thing that for our relationship with the Kodesh Baruch Hu, for us to be in Eretz Yisrael. Meaning, obviously, we want to be there and we need to be there in order for our relationship to be the utmost lichachila. But it's important for us and a, and a big chizik for us to realize and to know that in, that we don't need to be in Eretz Yisrael in order for us to still be able to maintain that relationship with the Kodesh Baruch Hu, and we're able to be a portable nation, which is why we're the only nation that could be a nation and not be in their land. Usually when we say nation, it's always, it always has to do with the, the location of the people that are there. But we're a nation um, despite being, not being in Eretz Yisrael. So it's like a, a good chizim to us to know that just because Hashem, we're, we're kicked out of Eretz Yisrael and we're a gullus and it's obviously not a gishmak thing, but to know that we can still have a really deep and important relationship with the Kaddish Baruch Hu and the the main thing that sealed us was the 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 Hashem taking us in, and that marriage can never be broken. So it's a nice chizik for us. But Vevesi, so I don't know if this was something that Chazal or Misakin, or if this was like a minhag that started later, but we know that by the Seder you put a fifth cup on the table. And for El- right, so they called it, so again, who, who called it Koshel Yo? I don't know when that started, but again, we call that Koshel Yo. And we oh it's in we see it in the Maxwell Haggadah so we're like oh it must be from Halacha Moshe Misinai right all the way from yeah but uh, but Vevesi so so some people say that that, that represents the Vevesi part and it could be that they're connected why is Kosha Elio connected to Vevesi because Elio Anavi is the one that's going to herald the Mashiach 
which will lead to us returning to Eretz Yisrael, and Be'ai is, I'm going to bring you to Eretz Yisrael. So that was the first idea I wanted to share. Second idea, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Hashem, he wants to bring the Makos to Mitzrayim. So Moshe Rabbeinu is not able to hit the water. Shem says, okay, I want you to start Makos Dam, the first Maka, but I need you to hit the water. But Moshe can't hit the water because Moshe was saved by the water when he, uh, right, when he was in the, in the basket. So his life was saved. And we have the second Maka, which interestingly enough, it doesn't say to hit the water by Tzvardea. Hashem just tells Aaron to stretch your hand over with the stick and then, and then do the Maka that way. And though the Pasuk, interestingly, again, says that Aaron just stretched his hand over the Tzvardea, over the water, so you could say maybe with the stick, but it doesn't say stick in the Pasuk. But either way, the Tzvardea, whatever, that's a side point, doesn't say hit the water for Tzvardea. And then by Afar, by Kinim, Hashem says hit the, hit the Afar, Ah, Moshe, you can't do that because you were saved. Um, your life was saved because you were able to hide the, the fact that you killed that Mitzri in, in the sand, in the Afar. So that also saved your life. So you can't hit it, and Aaron has to hit it. So the question I was thinking of is, why hit it? Why do you need to hit the water and hit the dirt? Just don't hit it, and then let Moshe bring it about a different way, like we have by Shechin, Hashem tells Moshe, to take dirt from a kibshan and then throw it up. So take water, throw it up, take dirt, sand, throw it up, and then that will bring out the maka. What's, so is there something essential, important about hitting the water? Ah, Moshe can't hit it because you got saved by it. So don't hit it. Don't hit it and bring it out. I was about to ask a different question. I think you're going to ask about Svardaya. If Aaron was only stretching his hand out over the water, why would Moshe do that? Right, no, that, yeah, that's a good point. Right, nice, I, yeah. So, no, but that's a good question as well. Meaning there's, there's something, it could be, I don't know, I, I, wasn't, I didn't really think too deeply about it, but it could be that there's something like the first two are connected because they're both about water. So it could be that really the second one is really a hemshik of the first one. So once Aaron started it, he continued. I'm not sure. And maybe that's why I didn't have to hit it because he already hit it. So you don't have to hit it again. I'm not sure. But it that's a good be, question. You could say the constant maka is not just literal, it's figurative. Yeah. Isn't that the, the water was being stricken Right. It's the water supply is the source of the affliction of the Egyptians. So in a way, the water is what's being affected. So Moshe couldn't adversely affect the water. So, because because of the it's, stove. It's, yeah. it's not it's about actually hitting the water. It's, it's about blood. the water being stricken ah. by, by Moshe. So you can maybe say it's a figurative concept. Nice. Okay. So I'm going to say something very uh, similar. Also, Sam didn't help him at the end of the day. He got in trouble in the ditch. Right, but it gave him time. It could be it gave him time. Like, if he wouldn't have been able to hide it, he wouldn't have had a chance or, to necessarily or, run or, away. At the end of the day, the sand did sand his job. Yeah, yeah sand did his Someone job. Else. Yeah, Dustin and Avira. Yeah. Right, Dustin and Avira said, Lush, nice. Very nice. Even if the person doesn't succeed in trying to help you, Right. So it did. It did. It. Yeah. Nice. I like that. Also, what's interesting is that. Okay. So I'll, I'll bring out a point actually later. But so now the question is: the question is why the why do you, why is, why do you have to hit it? So. We need a little bit of background to understand this. We know that Moshe Rabbeinu was the most humble man that ever lived. The Torah testifies to this when Miriam and Aaron spoke Lashon Hara at the end of Parshas Balosicha. Hashem says Moshe is the most humble person ever. And we know that Paro is the epitome of Gaiva. And we know that from uh, the Gemara in Chulin. The Gemara in Chulin says, and it actually even puts Moshe and Aaron in there as well. Hashem says, I gave greatness to uh, Klai Yisrael, and they made themselves low, they made themselves humble, 
Um, some background music for dramatic effect. So, um, yeah, so Hashem says, I gave greatness to Kal Yisrael, and they made themselves low, they made themselves humble. What's one example? Moshe and Aaron. Moshe and Aaron are, are great people. And what do they say? Nachnuma. Who are we? We're nothing. And, what, and in that same breath, Hashem says, and I gave greatness to the Goyim. And they made themselves haughty. And who is that? Paro. One example is Paro. Paro says, who's Hashem? I'm God. I'm the man. I'm everything. Everybody bow down to me. There's nothing else. Right? So Paro epitomizes Gaiva and Moshe epitomizes humility. What we also know is that water and dirt both represent humility. Water like the Gemara Taina says that why is the Torah Nimshal to Mayim, water, because just like Mayim goes from a high place to a low place, so too the Torah can only penetrate a person who is humble. And we know dirt also represents humility because Avram Avinu says, Anochi Avram Avram I'm not, what am I? I'm dirt, I'm, not, I'm nothing. And, um, and what's interesting, just a side note that I thought was interesting is that um, this might be like some kind of Kabbalah type of concept or something, I have no idea, but there's some correlation between a person being humble and the things that represent humility that they actually like help you. It's like a weird thing. Like you become, I don't know how else to say it, but you become like the, like the things that represent your mitos actually like help you and become a part of you. So like what I mean by that is we, the Gemara Titus also says that Avram says Anochi Afar Ve'efer and, he, and then he's able to use dirt to help him fight against the, the kings. He's able to throw the dirt and it becomes sword, uh, arrows and, and swords and it kills the, the four kings, five kings. I forgot which one. Um, and then Moshe Rabbeinu also, Moshe represents humility and guess what? The things that represent humility save him. They're, they're like buddies. You become buddies with the things that you represent. It's like, I don't know, if like some concept like that. But either way, so we see that water and dirt represent humility. We see that Moshe epitomizes humility and Aparo epitomizes Gaiva. So we have a Pasuk in Mishle. Thank you to my father, Rabbi Yeshua Karsh, Shlita, for the help. But he, I was like talking this over with him, and he's like, there's a Pasuk in Mishle. Leitz, Take, something. And then we look it up. Pasuk in Mishle, Paragitas, Pasuk Chafhe. And check this out. I'm speaking this idea with him over. And he says, ah, oh, there's Pasuk in Mishle, Leitz, Take, you should hit a Leitz. Because another thing is that Paro is a Leitz. The Pasuk Moshe says later on, he uses the word Hasel, he says, stop mocking, stop mocking me by, by, uh, by keep, you keep saying that you're going to take us out and let us leave. And then after every mocker, you're like, oh, you go back to, you're just, you're, you're just the lates. So what is the, <clears throat> the Pasuk says in Mishle, lates take, you should hit the lates, upesi yarim. And then it's talking about the fool will, will take the, will, will, will become wise and take that to heart and then become, so it's talking about Yisro. And saying, so what does Rashi say? Leitz Take is talking about Paro and the Makos of Mitzrayim. And then Pesiarim is that Yisro is going to look at that and be like, wow, I can't believe what happened. And then he's going to become a Gera because of it. So Leitz Take is Paro. Paro is a Leitz. And it literally says in the Torah that he, Moshe says, you are a Leitz. Take. <laughs> he's Take <a> Leitz. <laughs> so I wanted to suggest that the first three Makos, the purpose of the first three Makos, was to teach Paro humility. We need, I need to be able to talk to somebody. What do you do to late? You hit a late. So you got to knock some sense into a late. In fact, in um, in the beginning, in, uh, in Perak, in Zahiras, in the beginning of the Sefer, so he says that, he quotes Gemara Zanabodazar, and he says that if you're a late, then you're going to get you surin. Because at a certain point, the only thing that, that, that we can, that's going to, wake you up and knock down your ego is Yisurim because that's the only thing you can't laugh away. 
you could laugh away a good fort, you could laugh away tochacha, but if somebody, if, so, if, if you get physically harmed, there's no laughing anymore. So that's the only way that you're going to be humbled by that. So I wanted to suggest that these first three makos are to humble paro, and when you're hitting the water, you're hitting the dirt, you're hitting Mitzrayim, you're, that's the late take. You're trying to represent the idea of, of hitting paro to knock him into his senses, and you're doing that by the first, whatever, three, or the first one and then the third one, um, because you're trying to point, you're trying to um, draw attention to the mind and, and the, the offer by saying you need to humble yourself. So those are the videos that I wanted to share with you guys. Thank you.